Welcome to the Wake Up Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Listen, these podcasts are best listened to in the morning because we are waking up not only our bodies from sleeping, but we're waking up our minds. We're waking up our focus. We're waking up our calling and we are following the breadcrumbs that God has left for us throughout the day over our life to tell us exactly what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. Okay, I, every single time I tell myself that I need to take a break from the wake up calls. Like, I feel like that sometimes, like I just need to take a break and I need to just not have my teacher hat on. And I need to just have my own hat on talking to God and taking things into me and not thinking, how am I going to teach this and convert this? And, but every single time I do it, I end up with the exact same thought and I don't write it down and I forget until the next time I think I need to take a break. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot last time. This is what happened. Taking a break for me is the worst possible thing I could ever do. And I forget that every single time. And I think this will be good for me. I need to clear my head. I need some time. And I do that. The last thing I need is time by myself, <laughs> analyzing, thinking. That is like the worst thing for me. And I found out that it's the worst thing for some of you too, as I was talking. And I shared some reels over the last couple of weeks. And I've had people comment and say things that proved to me that this is also the worst thing that you can do for yourself. And the title of the message today is going to be Hearing from God, part one. We are going to do part two. And then our last episode to conclude 100 episodes is going to wrap up all of season one, which is these 100 episodes. And I'm going to talk about what to expect in season two. And this all came together for me so quickly. It was about 11 o'clock at night and I was washing my face. And all of a sudden I just had a flood of information and I ran to my computer and I started typing and I stayed up till like midnight typing all of these notes. And the next morning I woke up and revisited them. And these three episodes just really came very clear, very fast. All the notes, all the scriptures, everything. And I know that that is from God because the things that just come, I'm like, I don't even know that. <laughs> like, I don't even know what to think that. And now it's in here and I'm studying it and looking at it. But when I was taking a break, I realized that something that would happen with me. So, and I, I wasn't taking a break from God. I want to make that clear that I was still spending time with God. I was still doing my devotionals. I was still reading my Bible. I was still writing in my prayer journal and writing in my journal and going to church. And I was still very much involved with God. But what happened is I saw this trend. So I would, you know, I would, I would feel like amazing. So good. Like, oh, I just feel like I can do everything. And no matter what happens, I'm going to be good. Like God's got me. He's leading me. He's guiding me. He has his hand on my life. And I felt just through the roof. Amazing. Like all goodness is coming to me. Success is so close. I'm going to make a change. The world is going to be changed because of God and just felt so full of hope and excitement. And then what would happen is I would kind of start to feel just like a little blah. Like one day I would feel this like on fire. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then the next day I just felt a little off and I'm like, I don't, 
know why I feel a little off. I just kind of feel blah. And then, you know, then I would all of a sudden I'd feel so bad, like so bad overthinking, overanalyzing imposter syndrome was full blown. Like, who do I even think I am? Like, oh, this is really going to work. Like, okay, sure. Like you think you're going to do this. And I would just feel terrible and I want to avoid everything. And I had this to-do list. You know, I was supposed to take time off to write my book. That was the biggest thing is I'm like, I'm going to stop everything that I do. And I'm going to pour myself into writing my book and spending time with my family. And I, I have this list that's honestly like never ending. <laughs> and I'm sure you guys can relate like never ending of stuff that I need to catch up on hundreds of hours of reading materials and books on my bookshelf. This is just one of my bookshelves. I have one in my living room. I have one in my bedroom and I just have books on books on books that I want to read. I have things that I want to research and study, not to mention all the things in the Bible I want to research and study. I have my book. I have a bunch of stuff that I'm cleaning up that I want to publish and put out there for you guys to help you get out of the valley. And I just have this list. And then I find myself literally not doing anything on the list, completely avoiding. I posted a reel the other day showing that I was straightening up my bookshelf. I was getting all my books like at the edge of the shelf. And that was real footage of me avoiding writing my book. Like I didn't make that reel thinking like, oh, this will be funny to post this reel. What can I post? I was literally doing this and it hit me. I'm like, you are ridiculous right now. Like, why are you doing this to your bookshelf? We do not have to pull all the books to the front of the bookshelf right now and organize this. We have to write our book. We have to get our stuff done. <laughs> That's what we have to do is get our stuff done. But I'm avoiding this stuff. And I realized that the reason why I'm avoiding doing all of these things that I need to do is because of where my mind's at. And my mindset is in this, I can't do this. This isn't going to work. This imposter syndrome type of feeling. And then all of a sudden I wake up and things are a little bit better. They're getting a little bit better. I feel like, okay, that season is gone. I'm feeling a little bit better. And then it goes back to, I'm feeling pretty good. Oh my gosh. I'm feeling amazing. So good. I'm on fire. Things are so good. I'm going to crush this. I'm going to do all of this stuff. And then blah, I don't know. Is this how I'm feeling? And then so bad. And then I wake up and I'm like, okay, I'm getting better. Things are good. Amazing. So good. Oh my gosh. Okay. Blah. Getting worse. So bad. Getting better. And it's really this like roller coaster is the best way that I can describe it. It's like, we can't just live at the height of amazing. So good. I can't wait. We're about to go down the funnest part. You can't stay there. It's impossible to stay there. And I found myself over the last few weeks, just strapped to this roller coaster and going through these highs and lows and highs and lows and highs and lows. And this is the peaks in the valley and the peak in the valley and the peak in the valley. And this is everything that we've been studying and trying to work on over the last year in season one is how do we avoid the valleys or avoid some of the valleys. But over the year, I realized that the valleys are really important to go through because it's what's creating the tension. It's what's getting you to be fired up to go and build momentum and go back over the roller coaster. Because I don't know if you guys know how roller coasters work. I'm no theme park expert. But as you're going up the big hill, you know, there's a chain that connects to the car and it cranks it up. And then after it gets to the top, there are no chains. And some of the really fancy roller coasters have magnets and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's just momentum that you're going down the hill, you're going around the corners, you're going upside down and you get off the ride and it's thrilling and it's exciting. And 
we feel like we need to be on top of it all the time. And I want to just be feeling so amazing and so good all the time. And how can I be there all the time? But if we're people that are trying to build something for God, and we're trying to go and help other people achieve this goal, all of us have our own thing that we're trying to do. Whether you're trying to inspire someone, encourage someone, teach someone, be there for someone, you're trying to be creative, to fill a need for someone, to relate to them. We're all showing up for something and, and you're at a different level. Maybe you already know what you're showing up for and you've already started building it. Maybe you're still at step one where you're like, I don't really know what I'm showing up for, but I know that there has to be more to my life. It's okay where you are. It doesn't matter what step you're at, but what's important to know is that you, because you're trying to build something from, for God, you are going to have to experience the highs and lows, but you have to get to a point where your mindset isn't so easily shakable that when you're at the lows, instead of thinking, oh my gosh, I feel so terrible. What am I going to do? And you're overthinking and overanalyzing like me. What I learned is that you have to see the goodness in the tension. And like the scripture says, that tension is good, that this is great. Tension is something that you should lean into because you're going through a trial. It says, consider it all joy when you go through any trial of any kind, because you're building what you need to. And I started coaching a client, a one-on-one client, and you'll hear more about that over the next couple of episodes, episode 100, I'm going to talk about my coaching program and fully launch it. I only have one client. I'm not taking anyone else as of right now until episode 100, but I was talking with her and she was having a terrible day. And I mean, just overthinking everything. Like, I'm like, hey, how's it going? And then it was like, boom, like just like message after message after message after message of just, I could just tell she was in the valley. And when you're in the valley and you're just like puking all this information and venting, you're really, those things really aren't the things that are bothering you. You're just trying to make sense of it all. And you're just like, just like spewing this all out. Like this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. And She was mentioning things like, you know, I'm scrolling on social media and everyone's stuff looks so good and people just have this great strategy and they're making all this money and there's so many ways to make money. And then I think, what am I doing? Am I even as good as this person? So you start comparing and you're scrolling and, you know, you're just in this whole thing. And I told her, I said, first of all, you're in the valley and you're experiencing tension. And this is when growth happens because tension over time equals growth. And right now you're in the valley. What can you learn in the valley that you can take back to your ideal person that you're trying to help? And how can you help them? Every time that I'm in the valley, I think first I'm like, oh, this sucks. I hate this. And then I remember, oh, I'm here. What can I learn from this experience to go help someone else get out of this? This whole overthinking, overanalyzing I started thinking, why am I overthinking and analyzing? Why was I fine yesterday and today I'm not? What triggered it? Where did this come from? Is it a belief? Is it a thought? You know, and I posted a reel about hearing from God and it was real footage of me in here getting this word from God And I set up my tripod and my phone and I recorded myself in my office as God was giving me an idea of a message, a podcast topic to talk about with the topic of hard work. And that's coming very soon because when I started researching and looking at what God says about hard work, whoa. If this doesn't motivate you to get your butt moving this year, I don't know what will. And I set up my my phone and I took this video and I posted a reel and I said, on eight, um, in 820, so August 20th, I first, very first ever heard from God. 
I was at rock bottom. He told me I was chosen and anointed to go through this dark place in my life in order to help others get out. It wasn't an audible voice. And I said, I'm sure a lot of you hear from God too, but you discredit it because you don't feel like you're good enough. Like you should be privy to that information or you're not special enough or holy enough, or you don't know enough. And you're like, this can't be God. Like, am I crazy? The very first time in August of 2020, when I heard that, I would literally thought I was crazy. And I told several people, I'm like, am I losing my mind? <laughs> do I have to go and admit myself somewhere? Like what is going on? Why do I think I can hear from God? And a lot of us are there where we're like, I really think that this is God. And I want to help you hear from God, but I want to make sure that you're doing the right things and you're not doing the self-sabotaging things that I was doing. Um, I talked about in the real that you need to listen to what he is telling you and you need to write it down because if you don't write it down, you will forget. I promise with everything I have, you will forget because when you hear this, it's not your own thought. And even though you think, oh, I'll remember it, just like a dream, you have a really good dream, you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, that dream, you're like, I'll remember it. And you don't. Like sometimes you don't even remember that you had the dream. You're not even at the point where you're like, what was that dream about again? You like completely forgot, like your brain was erased. And I'm telling you, it will be erased. You need to write it down what God is telling you to do. You have to write it down. Promise me that you will write it down because it's so important. And if you're trying to build something for God and you're praying to God and he's answering you, why would you not write it down? If, if you're building something for him and you're praying and asking, Lord, lead me down this path, help me to act out your will, help me to follow you down this path, help me to know what to write, help me to know what to say lead me, guide me, speak to me. And then he's like, oh, okay. Hey, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, mm, I'll remember. No, you won't. You have to write it down. And the biggest thing that I want you to remember when you write it down, don't try to make sense of it. That's what someone commented on this reel and said, I hear from God and I know that it's God but then it's trying to make sense of it that really discourages me. And her comment is what inspired this entire podcast episode. And I replied to her and I said, get ready because I'm about to give you a podcast on this topic because my overthinking and overanalyzing that I was doing over the last couple of weeks is this exact same thing. I can hear from God and I can hear him tell me things but it's the making sense of it that drives me absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. And uh, in Hebrews 2.1, it says, therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. And that's why you need to write it down so that you don't drift away from it. We must pay closer attention to what we have heard and you need to pay close attention to it but not try to make sense of this so and I'm going to give you a couple examples and this is only part one okay so God is giving you pieces to the puzzle to follow and the faster you follow them you're just walking and you're listening and you're writing stuff down. You're not trying to make sense of it. It's like, think of the game of Clue. Like you're walking down a path and you see a book in the path and you pick it up and you're like, oh, I found a book. You like write it down. I found this book. Okay. Then you're walking and you find you know, a shoe and you're like, I found a shoe. This is so weird. Okay. You could spend your whole life trying to figure out how the book and the shoe coincide. Like Maybe someone was wearing a shoe and they dropped the book. Like you could just go crazy. It doesn't matter about why it is the way it is or what you found. Just write it down so you don't forget. All you're doing is gathering these clues, these feelings you have, these words that you hear. Like last night I heard the word 
um, God's been speaking to me a lot about rebranding and like just rewriting my bio, I guess I should say, and like just kind of changing my colors up a little, but I keep hearing the living well. And I want to turn my Instagram into this living well for people to come and sit by. Like, are you feeling discouraged? Are you in the valley? Are you weary? Are you exhausted? Are you burnt out? Come, come and sit by a well where Jesus is going to help you feel better. I want to be a location on Instagram where people can come to me when they're feeling like that to get God's word and to study and to learn things. And it's just a piece. I'm like the well, the living well, the holy well, the well. What do I want to say? I wrote all that stuff down and I'm like, I don't know, moving on. It'll keep coming to me. I wasn't trying to just, you know, go through over and over and analyze this. But I want you to know that when you hear from God, so you have to get to the point where you're like, this is God. I believe this is God. Or I believe I'm hearing something because there's four different voices that you can be hearing. It can be God. It can be the devil. It can be culture. It can be your flesh. And it sucks because if you could just hear this voice in your head, it's not an audible voice. Maybe you hear the audible voice of God. And that is incredible. I have never heard the audible voice. It's always in my own voice in my head but it's not in my own thought or in my own emotion. So when I was breaking down in my bathroom in August of 2020 and I was suicidal and I was depressed and I was anxious and I felt terrible, the voice that came in didn't feel anxious, depressed, terrible. The voice was very calm, very peaceful. And it said something that I would never say to myself. It said, you're chosen and you're anointed to do this, to go through this valley, to bring other people out with you. And I was like, what? Like, what, like, what was that? Like, it wasn't my emotion. So if you can get to the place where you're like, okay, I, I'm hearing something, then there are a couple questions that you need to ask yourself. The first one is whose voice is this? And I'm not going to talk about all of the other voices right now and what those voices say and why they say them. I'm sure you can find a sermon on YouTube. If you just type in hearing different voices or discerning the voice of God, you can, you, you know, you can go through a lot more of this, but you'll know that it's God. If it lines up with his word, if it lines up with him and what he says. So when I heard that voice in my bathroom, I didn't feel like I was chosen and anointed at all, <laughs> at all. So I wanted to know, what does God say I am? And when I started looking at my identity and who God says I am in the Bible, he says the words chosen and he says the word anointed. And that lined up with his word. I knew that he said that. And then he told me that I don't, I, I can go through this dark place, but I'm called to bring people out with me. And when I started looking into purpose and who we are and why we're called, I started seeing this a ton that God will send us out to go and help someone else. I mean, that's what he did in his ministry when he lived here on this earth. And it lined up with what he said. So the way that you can do this, because you're like, okay, how can I line up the word? I'm not going to read the entire Bible and pull out anything that says about this voice I heard. So what I always do is I go to the website, gotquestions.org, and I'll type in, what does the Bible say about working? What does the Bible say about marriage? What does the Bible say about identity? What does the Bible say about anxiety, anger, our calling, our purpose, parenting, motherhood? You can write anything you want. And there are going to be things that come up that you can research. What I love about Got Questions is that they have a little video on everything. And then they have the article that you can read too. And the little video just sums up the article. So if you're more of a visual person, you want to hear, you can watch the video. It's a couple minutes long, or if you'd rather just like skim the article and read it, but it's the best place to do your own research, do your own research, look it up on your own. Um, you know, and then they, okay, so the other thing 
is, is to look at got questions, but to also look up scriptures. So you guys know that I say this all the time. I go to openbible.info and, um, or you can just on Google type in scriptures on anxiety and click on the link for open Bible. And I love open Bible because it's just so simple. All the scriptures are right there. And I have looked up so many scriptures this way, because what are you going to do? Go through the Bible and try to find every scripture on anxiety? No. And I also don't like to take someone else's word for it. I don't want to look at someone else's blog and see what they've written. I want to see what God wrote. And I want to see it in his words, one after the other. And I want to be able to see this. So one thing that God told me to do was to quit my network marketing job. And this is an, a real life example so that you guys can see how I did this. So I first heard God tell me, quit your network marketing job. Actually, I have this little, if I can grab it with my nails. I don't know if I can. Okay. I have this little um, whiteboard thing that you can barely read, but I wrote this one time. I was sitting here in this office and God spoke this to me. And I grabbed my whiteboard and I wrote this down and I keep it on my filing cabinet so that I can see and I can remember all the time that this is what God told me. He said, your end game is not network marketing. It's not coaching network marketers. You are coaching Christian women. You're inspiring Christian women. I want you to write your book. Start speaking, pray, listen more, let go of pride, focus on your kids and your local community. I wrote this down and I don't want to ever forget it. Now, I'm not connected to network marketing in any way uh, at all. It's not even a question. But at the time that I was going through this, it took me a year to finally walk away from that job. And I had to look at this all the time to remember the end game is not network marketing. It's not coaching network marketers. It's something different. So God spoke to me for an entire year before I obeyed him. An entire year, he was telling me, quit my job. And I'm like, I don't want to quit. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Maybe we can do something else. Maybe I can do both. And for a year, I fought him and tried to kind of trick him like, okay, God, I'll do what you want me to do, but I'm also going to do what I want to do at the same time. And for a whole year, I journaled about it. I wrote stuff down on whiteboards about it. I told people about it, but I didn't quit because I loved it. I didn't want to let go of something that I loved, but the reason why I didn't listen and I wasn't obedient because it's, there's a difference between, okay, I hear God, but then you're like, okay, I'm going to follow and I'm going to listen to this advice. And I did that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to follow you, God. I'm going to do it my way. But the reason why I couldn't follow and the reason why I actually couldn't obey him was because of individual hurdles. And this call, we're gonna talk about the first part, which is individual hurdles of when you decide that you're going to follow, why can't you follow? Like we know that it's God's voice. Okay, it lines up with scripture. It, it is God, it's not my own thought. I know that this is God. I, I know that I need to do this. Why can't I obey? And there's two biggest reasons why we can't obey and we can't follow. And I say can't because you can't. It's not that you won't, it you can't. And there's two big reasons why you can't follow what he's telling you to do. So maybe he's telling you to quit your job. Maybe he's telling you to move to a different house, a different state, a different country. Maybe he's called you to be a missionary and you're like, I hear you, I know, I can't do it. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do, you might be so crystal clear. And this is why I started, this is why I, I got to a point where I'm like, I'm going to do one-on-one -on -one coaching 
because I help people define what their brand is, what their purpose is. What do I want to do when I grow up? What am I going to accomplish? Who did God create me for? And I have successfully helped a lot of people come to the conclusion of, okay, this is it. I'm going to help um, women in abusive relationships. I'm going to help women get out of narcissistic relationships. I'm going to help women connect to their heart, body, mind, and soul. I'm going to help postpartum moms get over postpartum depression and anxiety. I'm going to help women out of the valley. I'm going to create things that inspire and get people excited. I'm going to, you know, do all of this stuff. We, we decide, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is it. I'm going to do this. Why aren't you doing it? Okay. I'm going to write a book. How come I'm not doing it? How long have you been talking about what you want to do for? But we've been talking about it for so long. And we've had, we have a hundred episodes almost on season one, which is talking about doing it, getting over these hurdles, getting over all of this stuff. We're strapped to this roller coaster. We know what we want, but we just feel helpless. Like we can't get off the roller coaster. You need to first believe that this is God's voice. And you have asked yourself the questions of, yes, this does line up with his word. And yes, this is in his scripture. And you know that some of the scriptures that I love so much, and this, this helped me to finally quit my network marketing job after a year. Um, the, the one scripture it's in Hebrews 13, it says, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I'm not saying money is bad at all. That's not what I'm saying. It says free from the love of money. I loved money and I was not content with what I had. I was obsessed with making more money. It's all I cared about to have more stuff and to achieve more. Because I thought the more I achieved, the more I would strive, the more I would have, the better I would feel, the more people would praise me, look up to me. So I was doing things the wrong way. So when God said, quit your network marketing job, that's making you idolize success and be a lover of money. It was lining up because in Hebrews 13, it says that. Uh, I love this scripture, uh, Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you to do? You know, I love that because it's one moment when we're in church or we're on our knees or we're praising God and just saying, Lord, you are Lord over my life. Thank you for everything I have. Just lead me, guide me. I will be obedient to you. And then he's like, why do you call me Lord, Lord? I love you so much. And you don't do what I tell you. What are you doing? Like, this is, this is us all the time. For am I now seeking the approval of man or the approval of God? Am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Galatians 1.10. I was trying to please man in my job. So again, lining up with scripture, I'm like, yep, that's me again. Uh, Luke 16.13, no servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money at the same time. I was serving money. So when you line it up to scripture and you do some research and then you believe that it's God's voice and it, maybe you don't believe because no one in your family has ever heard from God or has talked about it. Maybe you're a first generation believer or you just don't feel like you're good enough to hear from God. Some encouraging scriptures I want to tell you, John 8, 47, whoever is of God, hears the words of God. He didn't say, if you are a great speaker, if you have a bachelor's degree, if you've made six figures, if you've been a Christian for 10 years, if you come from money, if you live in this country, if you speak English, he says, whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. So if you're not hearing from God, how much time are you spending with him? Have you already devoted your life to him? Because you can hear from God as long as 
you already know that the Holy Spirit dwells within you. So if you have not asked the Holy Spirit to dwell within you, that's a really good place to start. Because if you're not asking God to come dwell within you and telling him, I am going to serve you and honor you. And I believe in you. I believe you died for me and you saved me. And no one comes through, no one comes to God except through Christ. Then you need to say that first. You need to say the savior prayer and you need to get right with God. But once you've already asked God to dwell in you and the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you, you need to be confident and believe that you can hear the voice of God. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. John 10, 27, call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Jeremiah 33, 3. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it and keep it, keeping it. You're writing it down. You're remembering it. You're looking at it. You're studying it. You're keeping it. And okay. So you're like, I, I have the Holy spirit. I believe that this is God. I know that this is God's voice because I compared it to scripture. I compared it to what he says and to his word. I know that this is God. Why can't I follow? So the first reason why you can't follow is individual hurdles that you're trying to overcome. Now, these are things that you've developed over the years. Um, some of them are generational sins and curses. Some of them are ways that you've protected yourself over the years. Some of these things are things you've seen and you became, they were spoken over you. So you just did what someone said you were. And you can't go down the path. Like imagine a trail and Jesus is at the end of it. And he's like, come on, follow me, come this way. And you have all of these huge hurdles on the trail. And they're like six feet tall. It's not like you can just step over them. So there are all these hurdles and you, you can't follow. You're like, I want to get there. I want to come to you. I want to do this. I can't, I can't get there. So you can't get there and you have these hurdles. Now, some of the hurdles are kind of hard to hear. And I prayed before I got on here that your, your walls would just kind of come down and the scales would start to fall off your eyes and your ears would be open and you would hear and see and feel things as they really are, not as a place of hurt or you're triggered. So these are real hurdles that I have either had most, I think actually, yeah, all of them are things that I have personally had to overcome. And I'm sure you've had to overcome them too, or you are overcoming them. So as I'm going through these hurdles, if any other hurdles come up in your mind, we're like, oh, and this, I want you to write it down so you don't forget, because these are things that we need to get better at doing. We need to look at what does the Bible say about these things? We need to read books about these things. We need to pray about these things. And sometimes we need to seek professional help to help us get over these things. So I had to do that. And I've talked about that before. But my love of money wasn't really love of money. It was the approval that came with it. It was if I had a lot of money, a lot of people would like me. If I achieved big success, I would be approved of. My problem was that I needed approval of man and not approval of God. And I knew that that stemmed from my abandonment issues from when I was younger. And because I was abandoned from my biological father, I had this feeling of I needed people to want me and love me and accept me. And so here I was stuck in this job because it was making me feel good, even though it really wasn't, it was making me feel good temporarily. And that's what I was stuck with. So I needed professional help. I needed to go see a therapist to help me get over this hurdle because I couldn't get over it on my own. I didn't know what to do. I didn't even know what to pray for. So the first one is the hurdle of offense. 
And what happens when you're easily offended is a lot. A lot of stuff can happen when you're easily offended. You can not take criticism. That's the first thing is you're, you're so bad at taking criticism because you're just so easily offended. So you can never really get to your full potential because you're pretty, you're pretty much uncoachable. You don't want to listen. Being offended is kind of linked with pride a little bit where you're like, I'm good. I don't, I don't need your help. I don't need your help getting over the six foot brick hurdle in front of me. I can do this on my own. And you have no rope and no ladder and no stool and no people and nothing. You're like, I got this. I can do it. Okay. I got this. It's going to really delay your progress of getting to Jesus on your path because you have this hurdle here and you're offended all the time. And my favorite book, if you are someone who's easily offended, like I used to be, it's called The Bait of Satan by John Bevere. I've talked about that several times. I believe that it is an amazing book for you to read, even if you feel like you don't struggle with the spirit of offense, because that's part of it where you don't even feel like you're offended. And so if you're in denial about your offense. You probably should read the book because you're going to realize I didn't even know I have been offended about this stuff, but offensiveness that really can stall you a lot. Another thing that I struggled with and was a hurdle for me was, and still is, authority problems. It still is a hurdle for me. Now that song, I don't know who sings it. You guys probably know. You can tell me in the chat. The I fight authority, authority always wins. You know that song? What is that song? Who sings that? Clarence, Credence, Clearwater, someone. Someone Google it and tell me, but I just, I am that person. Like, I don't know where that's come from. My mom's like that too. So I think I picked it up from her, but I don't like when people tell me I can't do things. I, that's why I say I'll never have a boss again because I just, I can't, I can't do it. And now here I am in ministry work in my church. And it's the biggest thorn in my side right now is submitting to the authority in my church. It's real hard. So pray for me because I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I'm not even going to do this anymore. And I'm like, no, that's no, stop. You have to be okay with authority. God wants me to go down a path, but here I am being offended and irritated that someone's trying to tell me what to do. And it's delaying my progress of where I need to go. Another hurdle is you're influenced by the world because you've spent too much time in the world lately. So what I mean by that is if, if you're spending the majority of your time with people of the world, where they think like the world, they do what feels good, they go with the flow, the, the voice of culture, you're going to become what you're around. It, you're going to become what you're around. It is inevitable that you're going to become that person. So when you're praying to God saying, lead me, guide me, help me. I want to go down this path. I want to walk into my calling. I want to step into my purpose. I want to get moving. I know that you've called me to write a book. I know that you've called me to create this company, to create this brand, to create this pot, whatever it is, fill in the blank. I know you've called me to do more. Maybe you don't know what it is, but you're like, I know I'm called to do more but you're still spending the majority of the time in the world. You're watching worldly shows on Netflix and on Hulu. You're hanging out with people of the world. You're listening to worldly music. You're reading worldly books. You're not going to church. You're not plugged in with close Christian community. And you're going to your, your perspective and your view is going to be skewed because of your influence of the world. Also, the world says things that are wrong to God. So the world says just hustle and sacrifice and work and work and work and eventually you'll be successful. God doesn't say that. Yes, God says you have to work hard, which we're going to talk about in a couple of episodes. 
but he doesn't say you need to sacrifice time with your family and your kids and everything you've ever loved to achieve success. So you're going to get wrong information that's going to lead you down a path that eventually will lead you to Jesus, but it's going to take you all over the place. Just like the Israelites that were wandering around, and this is what the episode on hard work is going to be based around in Genesis when Moses was leading the Israelites out of slavery and into the promised land. And they were wandering and wandering and wandering and wandering for 40 years. They were wandering around when the promised land was right there. It was only 200 miles that they had to go. And it took them 40 years. Do you want it to take 40 years for you to finish the launch of your book? Do you want it to take 40 years for you to finish that scrapbook? finish that journal, finish that podcast, finish that, whatever you're being led to. Do you want it to take 40 years before you finally are like, this is my calling. You you will eventually get to it, but do you want it to take 40 years? I do not. 2023 is going to be the year that we actually get to where we need to go, where we enter the promised land that God already says that we have full access of, we have to believe it and receive it and walk into it. But if you still have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom and you're back and forth on the fence of, I don't know which way I want to go, you're going to be a target and you're going to be pushed off the fence and you're going to be pushed into the world because you're never going to be pushed into the kingdom. You're going to be pulled off the fence into the world. And if you believe that God put something in you that's so big, that's so great, and you have to figure this out, then you have to figure out what these hurdles are that are keeping you from what he's promised you. If you're offended every time you turn around or anytime someone tries to give you criticism or help or anything, and you have this feeling of, I got it, I don't need your help, it's going to take you a while to get there. If you keep fighting authority like I do, it's going to take you a while. If you're influenced by the world, it's, you're never going to be 100% in the kingdom. It's going to take you more time. The other hurdle is you're either busy or you're distracted. And I put those together in one point because a lot of people simultaneously will use these like um, the I'll hear people say like, well, I'm either busy or distracted, or they'll just like kind of group them together. But there's actually a really big difference between being busy and being distracted. And I grouped them together so that I could show you the difference between them. Being busy means that you have a lot of stuff to do. A great deal to do is actually the definition. A great deal to do. Being distracted means you're unable to concentrate because your mind is preoccupied. Two totally different things. You're busy, you have a lot to do. You're distracted, your mind is preoccupied and you're not doing anything. So you can have both at the same time. You can be really busy and you can also be distracted. And if you're both on top of each other, you will always continue to be busy until you learn to not be distracted and you learn what is distracting you. So things that I'm preoccupied by, things that are distracting me are things like fear, anxiety, being offended, being stressed, imposter syndrome, controlling things, AKA being impatient, pride, perfectionism, overthinking and overanalyzing. These are things that are distracting me. When I had my to-do list here of all the things that I need to get done, but I wasn't doing any of them, why wasn't I doing them? I wasn't doing them because I was preoccupied. I'm busy, but I'm distracted. I'm not distracted because I have kids walking into my office or a newborn baby that I'm nursing like I used to be distracted by. I'm now distracted by my own thoughts 
fear, anxiety, worry, stress, imposter syndrome, all things, by the way, that do not line up with God's word, that are not who God says I am. And I know that they're not from God. They're voices I hear in my head. I hear voices like, I'm never going to do this. This is crazy. Like, I'm never going to be able to do this. Who do I think I am? I hear those voices. It's not from God. And it's from the devil trying to convince me, you're not enough. You're not going to do this. Aren't you scared? What if people talk bad about you? What if you say something wrong? What if they put you on blast? What if they cancel you? Aren't you so stressed out because you don't know what to do? What are you going to do? You know, that's the biggest thing. What am I going to do? That's the biggest distraction that comes into my mind. What am I going to do? And I immediately say this affirmation that I printed out and I have it on my board next, my filing cabinet next to me. We must stop planning, plotting, and scheming and let God solve the problem in his own way. And I had this made because I needed to continue to see it and read it over and over and over and over again. Because the biggest distraction for me is what are we going to do? And we live in a world where there are so many choices. And now we have even more choices because we don't even need to go to college anymore. Like you used to have to go to college. That was really your only option to be successful, go to college. And now everyone's self-taught. There's so much certifications and tools online that can equip you. You can do literally anything. And my client that I'm coaching, that was overwhelming her because she's like, there's so many things I can do to make money. What do I want to do? I have this brand. I have this person I want to help, but do I want to have a podcast? Do I want to write a book? Do I want to do a journal? Do I want to have cards? Do I want to meet? Do I want to do one-on-one coaching? Do I, do I want to do affiliate marketing? Maybe I'll do drop shipping. Maybe I'll do, you know, you see, and then it doesn't help that every time you watch a YouTube video, there's an ad that's like, Hey, this app is making me a thousand dollars a month. Or, Hey, I found this way to make six figures in five seconds. Or, you know, there's always like the five steps to, or the three steps of success, or there's always this something that's That's making us feel like, maybe I want to do that. Maybe I want to do that. Maybe I'll do this way. Then you're like, I'm going to write a book. Okay, do you want a publisher? Do you want to hire this thing? Do you want to get this thing? Do you want to get this coaching? Do you want to sign up for this? Oh, look, this is a free class. Oh, look, this is a free webinar. Oh, look, this is a free thing. Like, and it's so hard. And your brain is like, what am I going to do? So for me, and I think God probably thinks it's so cute. Like, oh, look, they really think that they have a choice. Like, I always think like what God thinks up in heaven. Like when I'm sitting here literally crying in my office, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? What do I want to do next? What do I want to create? And do I want to do coaching? And that was my biggest thing is I kept thinking, do I want to do one-on-one coaching? Do I want to offer that? Or do I not want to offer that? Should I offer one-on-one coaching? No, I shouldn't do that. Should I do ministry? I shouldn't do ministry. Should I do ministry? Maybe I'll do ministry in my church. Should I, should I do more podcasts? Should I do that? Maybe I'll do like one podcast a week. No, maybe I should do three podcasts a week. No, maybe I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a break and then I'll do podcasts later. Oh, don't take any more breaks. No more breaks from that because that felt awful. Like you're just constantly trying to think like you're in control. You're not in control. (laughs) We're not in control. That is the part that we're not in control of this. We need to stop plotting, planning, and scheming, thinking that we are in control because we're not. So the thing that preoccupies my mind the most is trying to control what I'm doing. And control is a big thing for me. Um, And if you've went through any kind of trauma, you probably have a lot of control too, because control is a defense mechanism that we develop over time, where if we're in control, we're not hurt. Like I'm in control. So I will say what happens. And if I do that, I'm able to protect myself so that I'm not ever rejected because I'll reject you first. So I'm not ever abandoned because I'll abandon you first. So it's a way to control things around you. And you might be really controlling with your kids or like I used to think control. The first thing I would think of is like, you know, my kids load the dishwasher and it's not the right way. 
And I'm like, this isn't how you load a dishwasher. Like, and I've, I've gotten over that, by the way, I do not care. I'm like, you do you just load it. Don't care. As long as the stuff isn't like filling up with water and the bowls are this way, which occasionally sometimes happens. Like, I don't care as long as it gets clean, whatever. But control I learned over the years is actually me trying to control God. It's actually me trying to get ahead of God and be like, Hey, come this way, God, this way we're I don't know if you know, but I'm going to do one-on-one coaching and this is, I'm going to make this promotion. I'm going to send out this email. This is what I'm going to do. And you're trying to control what God already wants to do. And you're trying to control it. So here's how I stopped plotting, planning, and scheming. Okay. This was my prayer that I said over one-on-one coaching and this worked for me. Now, I don't know if this is going to work for every single person in every single case, but this is what I said, God If one-on-one coaching is in your will, and if you want me to do it, then you bring people and place them right into my lap. And when you place them right into my lap, I will know that this person was brought to me from you and that I need to one-on-one coach them. I'm not building a campaign. I'm not making graphics. I'm not making reels. I'm not sending out emails. I'm not telling people that I'm coaching. Hey, I'm taking applications. Come apply. I am not coaching. I'm not telling people that. And if it's your will, plop them in my lap. What happened? A week later, I had someone who I've been really close with in the past who sent me a message and said, I don't know if you do one-on-one coaching or not, but I really need someone to walk hand in hand with me and to be my coach and to help me. If this is something you offer, can we talk on the phone and see if it's going to be a good fit? And when I got that message, I literally laughed. I'm like, okay, God, you are so funny. Sure, sure, I'll coach you. Come on, let's get on the phone. And it worked out and it was awesome. And so I said, okay, the next person, if you want me to coach someone else, plop them in my lap. Same thing happened. Someone sent me a message on Instagram. I follow every single one of your podcasts. I listen to all of your stuff. I need more help. I wonder if you can be the person. Can I talk to you about coaching? Sure. And God is just placing them in my lap. So if you want to let go of control, ask God that. If you're looking for a new job, ask God that. God, plop a job right into my lap. If you want me to build something, put it right in my lap. Bring it to me. And when I know that it's brought to me and it's here, here you go. Then I will move forward with it. And I will do what you give to me. But also, I want you to think, when you're okay, control and, and we're pretty much done. I have one more thing I want to say, but control is sometimes we're doing things and it's just not working out. Like we're showing up and trying to do something and no matter what we do, it's not working. So like something for me that didn't work for a really long time, um, and actually still kind of isn't working for me that I'm starting to think like, okay, God, what is this? I have tried to interject myself into my church probably like four or five different ways. Years ago, I wanted to join a mom's ministry and help lead it and work with it. And it, it just didn't work out. Like they were like, we don't need help. We got it. I was offended. So I kind of left too. So it was my fault, but I tried to do it. It didn't work. Then I was like, I'm going to start a marriage ministry. And we got in the church and we started to do it. And then it didn't work. And it's not that the skill level of me didn't work or my team that I built, because that was all there. It's that it just like, wasn't working. It wasn't moving forward. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this. And then I'm like, I'm going to start a mom's ministry. And then there's been a lot of hurdles there. And it's like, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this. I keep trying to put myself there and it's not working. So if everywhere you turn, it's not working, maybe you're not in the right spot. If you have a job and every time that you do something, it's just not working for you, then maybe you're not supposed to be in that job. So instead of thinking, why me? Why me? Is this a sign? Maybe this isn't where I'm supposed to be and thinking of it that way. Um, and so the other things is the overthinking and the overanalyzing. And what I want to tell you about that. So my biggest tip that I have, if you cannot shut off your, your brain and you can't stop your thinking, you need to listen to something because you can't listen and talk at the same time. So you need to put on a sermon. 
you need to put on a book, something that is reading to you, that is speaking to you, that's engaging to you, that gets you out of your own mind. Because the worst thing that you can do in that season is overthink. And, and if you're sick, if you're recovering from surgery, if you just had a baby, April, we talked about this. If you have just like had this big life change, like something is going on, you're sick, you have a surgery, something. That is the literal worst time that you can be in your head. Like the worst. Every single time that I'm sick, every single time I'm recovering from surgery, same thing. You have to get out of your own head. Don't try to like blast through it, make your to-do list and be successful. That is never going to work because you're not in the right frame of mind. And sometimes the biggest blessings you have, the biggest gifts that you have become curses. So for me, like I'm a very deep thinker and it's what makes me who I am. I'm able to hear a problem or see something and I am able to just go in so deep and think and think and think from all different viewpoints and different I, I, it's what makes me who I am, but it also is the biggest curse on my life because I overanalyze and overthink everything. I'm also an empath, which means I absorb people's energies and I can relate to them and I understand what they're going through and I can feel their feelings, which is amazing. Because if someone comes to me and they're discouraged and they're at the bottom of the valley and they're so in need of help, I can go right there and I can match their feelings and I can help lift them up. But it's also a con because if I'm in a really great mood and someone comes into my space who's in a bad mood, all of a sudden I'm in the bad mood because I absorbed their energy. So a lot of these things can be good. You know, it can be good to be controlling a little and to be in control and say, no, I'm going to control it. But it's also a curse if it goes too far. So I'm not saying like, don't ever have any of these signs or something like this is terrible always. It's not always terrible. It depends how you're using it. And so the first reason why you're not able to follow is because you have these individual hurdles that are really holding you back. You have so much fear. You have so much anxiety. You're overthinking so much that you can't walk down the path. So you need to make some prayers and you need to write them down so that you can repeat them all the time. If this is you, I want you to write down some prayers, like help me to stop overthinking. And help me to get over fear and then go on to openbible.info and write out some scriptures on fear. The best way they say the scripture is like a double-edged sword. When the devil gets in your mind, that's like, aren't you afraid to do this? What are they going to say? You're like, no, my God says, fear not for I am always with you. I am in your left hand. Be bold and courageous. Have I not told you? Like, I am the Lord, your God, do not fear. And then that makes me feel equipped because I'm like, yes, okay, you're right. Be bold and courageous. Do not fear. I did not give you a spirit of fear. And I can repeat these things and it helps me to overcome them. So first you need to identify what is the hurdle? What is the thing keeping you back? Grab some scriptures on that, write out some prayers and do that so that you can be ready for part two that we're going to be recording this week. And it's hearing from God part two. And I'm going to talk about the second reason why you can't follow God when you want to. The first one's individual hurdles that you're trying to get over, but maybe you've gotten over the hurdles, but you're still not able to follow God because you're not doing this one crucial, super important thing that you have to do every single day. And if you're not doing it, you're not going to be able to follow God during your calling and listen to him of what he says. So I'm not recording that live. It will be just posted this week because I start my internship this week with Melissa Spolstra with Lifeway Ministries. And I have a lot of stuff to do with her. Um, so we will not be getting on again live this week. If you get on live, thank you. I love all you guys that are on right now. I love everyone who gets on live. You truly help me deliver this message 
I don't know if I'm going to be able to record a podcast, not in front of live people. Like who am I even going to be talking to? But I'm going to get through it. Uh, if you ever want to get on live, you can click the link in my bio and you can click get on live. It says like need community, click here and you can join our calls live for free. If you just want that accountability, um, but do some time, do some digging before part two comes out episode 99. What are the hurdles? What is God telling you to do that you're not doing? What are the hurdles you need to overcome? And what does the scripture say about that? Write that down so that you can see it in front of you and you can meditate and pray on that and be ready for part two. I love you guys. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do. Help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own. We know we cannot do this on our own, although we try. Please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us. We love you so much in Jesus's holy name. Amen. Have a blessed day. Thanks for being here. Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi so that you can grow with me and you can learn how to get out of the valley, how to stay out of the valley and exactly what to do to have the best life ever in 2022.